This episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by Argyle. Feeling sexy? Wear your Argyle. Feeling angry? Burn the Argyle. Do you feel the need to suppress memories? All the memories. They chase you. They pin you to the ground and tickle your throat. Just wear it. Oak Nuggins, my sweet children. (laughs) It's another episode of the Good Ship Brothership. Oak Nuggins? Yes, Oak Nuggins. It's from a meme. I know I've shown you this meme. It's about how to talk cool. And Oak Nuggins means okay. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Oak Nuggins, my sweet children. It's Grant and Jason back at it again. In our white van. Come get your candy. <laughs> Amen. The candy of art. Jason, how have you been? That tea's gonna be well steeped. Pretty much done. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, I've been good. My body feels broken. I had a, a martial arts fight night. Um, so I'm very Rule tired. Rule number one is that you don't talk about that. Yeah, well, that's true. Anyway. Uh, how are you? I'm just... <laughs> perfect i couldn't be less rigid that's good you look perfect what are we talking about the good ship brothership the only arts podcast that covers film music gaming literature and your brother talking and introducing the podcast itself i'm I'm jason (laughs) what are we talking about today (laughs) Today, uh, we we will be talking about the video game journey, along with the music album "Bring Me Your Love" by City and Color. Uh, and so, the the kind of impetus, I guess, for reviewing each of these items would be that I, I got told a whole lot that I need to listen to City and Color. Me too, actually. Uh, one of the culprits was Rain, uh, Jason's really? Jason's boss really? at his part time job. Hmm. And my former boss, uh, she told me a, a while ago, I remember her saying, the guy is such a good songwriter, you gotta listen to it. And, and I was like, mm, yeah. And there's a, some other band, which is not City in Color, uh, who, which is a solo dude, but whatever. Some band that I keep confusing with City in Color, and it's like a, they're like metal, like weird metal. And I listened to them instead one time and was like super confused. But anyway, uh, so there's that. We I've been told for ages to listen to City and Color. They're very popular albums. People seem to enjoy them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, Journey is one of the most. Would you say? Yeah, it's one of the most critically acclaimed video games of all time, mm-hmm. and uh, also one of the most singular in its approach to the medium. So. I played it recently for the first time, and and here we are. So, without further ado... Oh, darn it! Ah! See, this is... Okay, so last week... Nothing is hecked, dude. So last week, we got the the intro Mm -hmm. all wrong, right? Yeah. Chatter music intro. I've written this down in massive letters on my episode 10 notes. Chatter uh, music we did chatter intro. intro music. We did chatter intro, and now here comes the music. Because you know what? I hate myself. Oh, this is like our 20th take of this, too. Yeah, we've been doing this since noon. And it's <laughs> dark outside. Okay. Oh. Here we go, children. Bathe yourself in self-loathing. Way anchor. These are good cookies. I have nothing to say anymore. We have golden Oreos today. I guess Grant bought them because he was really sad that he didn't believe me last time. So it's kind of, you know, I appreciate it. I just had a craving, man. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll forever I love this link song. this podcast with uh, aggressive diabetes. <laughs> As opposed to the passive type. Well, sometimes it's a bit friendly, but... Friendly Diabetes would be an excellent band name. Yeah, you're not wrong. Or My Friend Diabetes. Hey, you're aboard the good ship Failure Ship. The only ship that can't sail its ship. 
The only ship that sinks itself purely with existential dread. The only ship that ships the bed. That's a great ad campaign. I just shipped the bed. It is. Also, um, I keep forgetting to bring this up, but Ben, the man Ben, he requested ages ago that we return once again to Hypothetical Hub. Oh, really? Which I think we should call Hypothetical Hut. Because it sounds as ghetto as we ourselves are. Mm. So, at some point, I'm circling this note. We're going back okay. to Hypothetical Hut, which is the new name. And we're going there today. And I'm going to make this new note. Mm, do we have to? Yes. Okay. You can... You can... Ben is around 100% of our fan base. Yeah, so, so I mean, we if you don't pander to, yeah. to Ben, you're kind of sinking... Okay, I'm getting the puppet here. Thank you. Uh, Eyes up his journey. Yeah, this kind of does look like a journey-esque well, little figure. Well, not really. No, not at all. I imagine he's like a green onion, but he's put the little hat on his, like, sprouts, you know? On his sprouts? Yeah. Like, you know how a green onion, like, shoots off into multiple pieces towards the top? I'm flipping the puppet. Face up. What journey was that? First. Journey? Okay. Ugh. Oh... I'm sorry. Why do I... Like, every time I start... Let me start while you push those out. So, the thing with Journey, I first played it uh, close to a year ago. Uh, I did not replay it for this review. Hold on, hold on. on, on, on. Okay. Are we going to do... We got to do a description of Journey first. Okay. So, Journey is an indie video game, as Wikipedia says. Developed by that game company and published by SCE, that's Sony, for the PlayStation 3. You could 3. just say Sony Computer Entertainment. That's but everyone calls actually, them SCE. It doesn't matter. For the PlayStation 3, also on 4. It was released in 2012 via the PlayStation Network. It was online only initially, but they later released retail. In oh. Journey, the player controls a robed figure in a vast desert traveling towards a mountain in the distance. Other players on the same journey can be discovered, and the two players can meet and assist each other, but they not cannot communicate via speech or text and cannot see each other's names until the end. So, essentially, as the description said, you're hold, a, hold on, hold on. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna read a little bit. For I wasn't sure if you're going to. The only form of communication between the two two players is a musical chime. Uh, the chime also transforms dull, stiff pieces of cloth found throughout the levels to uh, kind of these living creatures, I guess, that float mm. around through the air and fly. That's where I wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah. So essentially, you're this mysterious, robed, humanoid, but probably not human figure. Um, and yeah, there's a mountain very far off in the distance, and throughout the course of the game, you make your way towards the mountain through a variety of environments. This is not a typical video game. A lot of video games are mechanics-based, meaning like Mario is about jumping on turtles' heads and stuff, or story-based. So, for instance, I guess The Walking Dead is less about gameplay and more about the characters. This is neither of those. This is just sort of a surreal, art-based experience, I suppose. Um, And, I mean, it's hard not to just parrot what you've already heard about Journey because it's so critically acclaimed... Well, and to be fair, though, uh, a lot of people who are listening, slash all the people who are listening, haven't heard literally True. anything about Journey. They have no idea. But I still want a unique take. Yeah, of course. Um, the game, I think, is the perfect example. The perfect example of the strength of games as a medium. Um, it does have good mechanics, so it feels good to play the way your character jumps and moves. And yet... At the same time, those are not the focus of the game, and it instead serves to make the barrier between you and the game as thin as possible, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, did you want to say something, or were you just going, okay? What, when I was nodding just now? When you went like this a minute ago? Oh, uh, that was just oh. because of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're not talking about Blade Runner. I know. Um, and some of what I say is going to be repeating, but I don't know. I'm trying to be thorough here. Mm-hmm. There is no speaking in the game um, in, except for that nonverbal musical communication, 
which I think is really the unique. The chime, yeah. Um, so when you play, as the description said, you can run into other real players who are playing the game with you. And a unique thing about the game is it's almost impossible for them to like not be nice. You know, like like every- I, like I was saying. So you press you, the only button that you can press aside from you know the, the joystick that moves you in different directions or whatever. The only button that you can press is the musical chime or it sounds a musical chime and there's like a glowing light that appears over your head mm-hmm. and it plays this kind of sort of haphazard random uh, melody if you mash it yeah. you know fast enough uh, but we were talking about this as I was playing it it's impossible for for anything you quote unquote say to come across as negative because it's going bing bong bing bong yeah. bing bing and it's it's always kind of whimsical and uh, and mystical mm-hmm. um I think the game perfectly balances the fact that there is a narrative, there is a story to what's going on, but at the same time, it is sort of in the background and is left somewhat up to your interpretation, but yet it's not like too opaque or out there kind it of thing. It never forces you to, to engage with right. the narrative, which is something that's so, so refreshing. It really trusts your intelligence, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, as the title oh so subtly hints at, you are taking on a journey through like a lot of diverse landscapes which is one of my favorite favorite parts the game is only like two to three hours like it's a movie sort of experience in that regard but you really just see a lot the game it it kind of fades in and out and then you'll be in a different you know environment i don't really want to spoil much um because if you're at all interested in games you should go play it if you can um i also think that the art the soundtrack and the gameplay all really mesh together yeah talk, perfectly talk about the soundtrack a little bit. um i'm getting there okay and really make like a unified experience um that really kind of plays with your emotions not to the extent that i'm like on the floor weeping or whatever mm-hmm. but it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit um the way a good game should and i think um if you know games which most of you probably don't it almost goes without saying that Journey's soundtrack really is one of the best. Um, I first heard it before I played the game, and then I was a total poser um, and put the vinyl on my birthday list, and Grant bought it for me before I had actually played the game. Limited edition. Limited edition. Thanks, buddy. No big deal. Um, but it's so fantastic. It totally stands on its own, even without the game. Um, and I mean, we could do a whole review just on the soundtrack, in my opinion. It's honestly that good the tracks flow from one to the other so smoothly yet they still stand on their own it's really uh it's not the kind of soundtrack you notice but it's the kind of soundtrack that adds Mm -hmm. that thickens and adds vibrancy and depth and uh texture to the gameplay and it really is absolutely weird i now that i'm thinking and i played this game this week right Mm -hmm. Or Sunday. Sunday? I don't know. Whatever. A few days ago. Um, And uh, I can legitimately only remember, now that I really think about it, two instances where I cognizantly thought Hmm. or noticed a soundtrack. The one being where it shifts from a more major motif to a minor. Yeah. And there's kind of a sense of foreboding. And then in the uh, downhill sections... Where yeah. the music is more prominent, the game has these actual. The game has these exceptional transitional Actional. Um, sequences where your guys sliding. It's almost a similar action to like snowboarding it's or like skiing. skiing. Yeah, I wasn't sure um, how how in depth. But your guys basically just gliding down a hill. Well, you just brought it up, so. Well, um, I said the downhill okay. sections, trying to be as op- as as okay. opaque as I could. They're and then you're neat. just like. Whoosh, Forget that. Should we redact this whole episode? Yes. And never, never make us redact this whole project's Show. existence. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, long story short, it's really a great example of the tired argument that games are art. Personally, I don't really think that that needs to be argued because I think it's clear as day to anybody with an open mind kind of thing that games yeah. can be a powerful art form. Um, and this is a great example of stunning like painterly visuals and a beautiful soundtrack um and a stirring subtle narrative it really is i mean i don't think anything is beyond reproach 
but I can't really think of a fair criticism to level at it. But maybe you can. A new game was just uh, released today. Uh, today being the embargo lifted today. Yeah, I don't know the when embargo it lifted today. Yeah, you're right. Being the twenty um, seventh of April. Yeah, and it's called What Remains of Edith Finch, and it's kind of in a similar uh, wheelhouse genre corner. Yeah. To this, I would game. just call it an art house game. Yeah, the same as Journey. Arty, and a lot of people though aren't actually aware that those games exist because they think that <laughs> yeah. the games that get made and get played now are. Uh, you know, some sports games, a smattering of those, and then it's basically GTA, Grand Theft Auto, and Call of Duty, and or Halo or whatever. And that's through no fault of their own. Yeah. That's just the games that have the biggest budgets. But there is a whole movement section of really interesting, and to to more simply describe them to the uninitiated would be it's like an interactive movie kind yeah. of. Um, uh, fair. Now, this game, What Remains of Youth Finch, they just released gameplay footage for it and whatnot. And this is 2017. And the game Journey that we're talking about, 2012, looks better than the released footage. There's almost no game that looks better than Journey graphically. And that's five years. And, and we all know how fast computer technology moves. And that's- it's, it's just mind pulverizing to me that this game has stayed on the top of the heap for five years that said and this is a technicality kind of but a couple years after its release it was upraised and enhanced for the ps4 so it's technically a bit more modern than that but the base is the same yeah the dna okay so anyway let me dive right into this journey uh would quite possibly be in my top top five games of all time really after this playthrough it was by far the most cinematic experience i've ever had while holding a video game controller in my hands (laughs) and it was the most uh absorbed i've ever been in in a game that's that um monolithic and and uh, obscure in its telling of the story like you said when you introduced it you're this robed figure you never see your face it's just eyes and this kind of it's kind of an arab looking yeah sort of like persian desert almost. traveler just like it's like a, a cone of cloth over a but minus the klu klux klan association true but uh, <laughs> But and you're just wandering around, but the visuals you can feel the the sun beating down, and there's sand, there's sand everywhere. Sand's one of the motifs of the games, and you can feel the sand squishing underneath the traveler's pointy little feet as it hauls itself up the side of a dune. The um, the traveling is the the journey, you know. I, and I say this way too much. I say it's the journey, not the destination. But that really is the case for this game. And the journey sections are so not a chore mm-hmm. as they would be in any other game. When you're walking from point A to point B and you're like... And you're like, man, I wish that there was some way to not do this. And then the game say, Here, here's fast travel. You can just zap to places. But Journey's a game that says, let's think about how rewarding and absorbing we can make the act of walking from one place to to another uh it's it's like absolutely breathtaking visually and it's crazy how much they've managed to cram into this game and you said this in terms of like art styles and colors but it doesn't seem forced no it really doesn't and it's not like we need a jungle level we need a water level we need a snow level no but they they have yeah but it's not like out of but we need to do this. It seems. It's not, but the flow from section to section isn't entirely, is not entirely natural, if you know what I mean. True. It's more like, let's see what kind of interesting juxtaposition we can throw at you now. And then you go through the gate or whatever and you go, wow. And it's like, you're re-experiencing things um, for the, for the, for actually, if you re-experience something, then it is for the first time. So I don't need to, to, to clarify that but anyway if if you're not a video game person which i know 
many of you are not, please, for the love of God, go to YouTube and search Journey Playthrough. Uh, only if you don't, only if there's no way you have access to actually play the game, because I feel like... I, a lot of people, Jason, just want to see what we're talking about, right? Okay, a lot so. of people aren't willing to even go and spend the hour and a half, two hours, to three hours that it takes to play the game. Um, so if that's not a possibility for you, if you don't own a console, or you just don't like playing game, the act of playing games... Then just go to YouTube. That's fair. And want it is it would be yeah. a it would be a gorgeous animated film. True. Um, and there are lots with no commentary. Obviously, pick one with no commentary, and just just put it on and turn out the lights in your room and just kind of soak it in for you know as long as you want to. Um, the uh, the, the story, I don't know if it, it's a story of an ancient civilization, you're kind of traveling through. I almost call through. it lore. You're, yeah, you're picking up these little pieces, these des- disparate pieces. There's no real, the game, the meaning of the game is whatever you choose to bring to it, whatever you impose mm-hmm. on it. Uh, and I don't mean that in a in a negative, this is an empty, hollow, you know, experience or whatever. It's a very rich experience with, um with a lot of interesting symbols and hidden meanings and all that sort of thing. But I just mean to say it's a catalyst for your uh, experience. Joseph Bergel, um, colloquially known as Joe Berg, my photography mentor. Um, all around good guy. All around good guy. He always says that a picture is a container. That's like one of his like uh, catchphrases kind of thing in that it has shape, it has size, and it has definition but what the viewer brings to it still in the end is kind of what they get out of it, you know you fill up the picture as it were with your own experiences and so it is with Journey. It's not like this flaky, undefined wet, soggy mass um, but at the same time it's absolutely up to the viewer's interpretation um and also, I'll add while I'm talking, I don't think I stressed the graphics enough. I'm just going to agree with what you said. But it really is gorgeous. Just like, even, you feel the heat. And it's it's not even photorealistic. It's just so gorgeous. Like uh. Even if you don't want to watch a playthrough, or even a part of a playthrough, if you're busy or whatever, or if you're listening to us at work or something... Hmm. Do a cheeky Google search for some screen caps, true, and just drink in the the gorgeous visuals that they've achieved. There's one particular uh, sequence for me, and I've pulled up a screen cap of it here, oh. where everything's just bathed in this scorching golden uh, light, and everything appears to turn to liquid gold for a, a short few moments, and it it's the um, beauty of the game and how far games have come even since Jason and I were kids or since I was a little kid is it's like it's nuts man uh-huh. like the stuff that they're doing and the beautiful that's a classic experience for me mm. I think up there with watching Casablanca uh, I don't think it will you be liked for... it so much because I would say it's not in my top five but it's just outside of it like so yeah. close but I don't know, I just, like, it took you so long to play it, I didn't expect you to like it as much. It was one of those things where I it, the conditions need to be perfect for me to play it, you know? Mm-hmm. Much like I, I own the Blu-ray of Citizen Kane, and I have had it for probably over a month, but I just, I'm mm-hmm. waiting for the we perfect get on sometime, time to watch it, because I know how how important it is. Anyway, you get a first watch once. Going back to the game and going into some of the more tactile, uh, mechanical aspects of it, the one button for everything, genius. Is it not a different button to jump than top? No. No? Well... So I was actually circle. I suppose the... <laughs> so that completely buttons. fires my whole... <laughs> anyway, you've got one button to interact with things and to communicate... And to perform certain other tasks mm-hmm. that I won't spoil, and then you do have the jump button. Mm-hmm. So aside from movement-based activities, you got the one button. Yeah. Oh my word! What a relief it is that they didn't feel the need to to 
to burden you with any more than what was absolutely necessary. And I'm sure they could have included mm-hmm. other different things that would have maybe been really cool and really fun, but they knew they had the wisdom and the self-control to, to realize that's not for this game. What this game needs is cryptic, stripped-down uh, controls for it, what is kind of a cryptic, stripped-down game. Like mm-hmm. it, it's the game's really mostly walking. Yeah, like really, and it sounds horrendously boring when you say that, but you know it's not. And that's bringing me to my next point: the puzzles, the nature of the puzzles, laughably simple, would be considered. Poorly designed even in any other game, but thank God they didn't feel the need to go with anything more obscure or difficult. Mm -hmm. This game flows in a way that I've never experienced. I felt like whenever I wanted to, I could pick up stakes and move along. The game was waiting for me, you know, And, uh, and that makes the journey itself all the more tantalizing when it's something that you can actively engage or disengage with at any point in time and it feels like every time I would you know step out of off the path to check out a different area or whatever felt like I was you know stepping out of the flow or off of a moving sidewalk or something like that that would have been a good that game company reference if you knew their back catalog I don't but um oh flow yeah yeah uh but regardless, you know, the the I don't know how they did that. I don't know how to tangibly express that. But the the game just flows. Mm-hmm. It has a flow that I've never experienced really in a game before. I'm racking my brains. No. I would say the unfinished swan. Uh, possibly, but there are some puzzles in the unfinished swan that are kind of cryptic and kind of yeah, difficult. True. Um the co-op, the online multiplayer aspect of it is fascinating. It's an entirely different approach to online multiplayer, and it, I think it resets the bar for for that sort of thing and leaves other game developers with no excuse whatsoever for half-baked, irritating... Far Cry 3 uh, multiplayer. Multiplayer, <laughs> yeah. And I find it interesting. I, this is a quick aside. I've never thought about this until this moment. For the uninitiated, on the... PlayStation 4, you need to pay, I think it's $60 a year for multiplayer to get that service. For whatever reason, on the PlayStation 4, you get multiplayer with this game without paying. <laughs> that's Which I, true. I didn't even that's think a that. non sequitur and it's not important, but that, I just find that kind of like. That game company must have had some sort of a. They must well, have. Well, Salt and Sanctuary did it too. But. Or did we have the trial? Though? No. Anyways, that's really getting off. That's funny. That's uh, interesting. The the game itself, like I, like we've brought up a couple times, is you know two hours. I think is yeah. probably what my playthrough. Oh, and I know I keep saying this, but thank God for that too, because they had the restraint and the wisdom and the uh, wherewithal to keep it at that. It's a fleeting game. Yeah. It's it's very fleeting, and the before you know it, the experience is over, and you've stepped off, and and the journey's complete. And because it's that short, and two hours is very short for a game in this day and age, especially on your first time playing through, that um, that the shortness of the experience really made an impression on me, mm-hmm. and it's it, you know, it sounds kind of erudite to say the the fleeting nature of the game made it more so. powerful, but brevity is the soul of wit, right? It truly is, and they trimmed all of the fat off of this. Even like games like Dark Souls One, which is my favorite game of all time, uh, Hotline Miami, and say Ocarina of Time. All three of those games, Have I bloat. go okay. We could remove this, this, and this. These are still top-tier legendary experiences, but this game, legitimately, mm -mm, nothing. You could not lose a single frame, or I wouldn't want to anyway. Dark Souls could lose about five journeys worth of content and it would be better for it. It could lose a lot. Uh, But anyway, all that to say, I I think it's one of the best-looking games of all all time. Perhaps the most visually stunning to, to see, to witness. 
um, go look, go look, yes. don't take Do our word something. for it. Yeah. Go see this, go experience this on some, some level. Uh, and I think that that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. The, the ending, uh, which I'm totally not going to spoil whatsoever. Uh, I didn't cry at it. I didn't feel any I didn't either. preclusion to well up. I've heard a lot of other people say, oh, I cried. That was very emotional, but whatever. I felt it was It was actually, now that I'm talking about this, it was an experience I've never had playing a game. It's my pulse really quickened yeah. right at that ending there. And, and like, my heart was, like, pounding. Yeah. You know? And I was like, <laughs> like, it felt weird, <laughs> like, to be sitting there playing a game and, like, yeah. I'm like... Gripped with anticipation, but yeah, so that's Journey. Excellent. Very amazing. Almost beyond reproach. Yeah, I think it is beyond reproach. Now, in between, here in this segment between segments, Jason. Oh, shoot. We're in the hypothetical hut. Stop singing and think of a hypothetical question. Okay, here's a decent one. You can one. also recycle an old one if you want. No, I have a decent one. This, so, the nature of the hypothetical questions I come up with is they are notorious for their absurdity um, and really lack of logic. You could say that about everything we do. Well, that's true. Um, notorious but, absurdity would be a great band name. Hmm. High five. But I think that's a pretty good one. So, you will receive... Nine thousand five hundred Canadian dollars. Hallelujah! But, but it's a double entendre, as you'll soon figure out. Oh no! For the next three years, every time you see a raisin, you will become significantly ill to the extent that you won't completely lose function of your bowels, but you're going to have to make your way to El Baño within the next few minutes. And how long is this period of time? Let's make it two years. Say what you said. I had said three years. Three years. For how much money? 9,500 bucks. (laughs) And you see a raisin, and it's not like, it's not like you soil yourself, but you're like, you see a raisin, you're like, guys, I gotta so, go. <laughs> but will this will this be like on the level of like a coffee poo where you're like, I'm feeling pressure yeah, yeah, in that yeah, yeah, region. Yeah. Let's I let's say, to... but a little bit less pleasant. Like, see, this is the thing with with a raisin. I I could go weeks without seeing one of those. Yeah, and then it's like, then bam, it's bam, like, bam. Yeah, and. Now, so if you could, see multiple raisins, it will only be the effective one. I was it's not s- like you're going to see a big bag of Thompson raisins and explode. <laughs> yeah. Um, what if, what if, you know, I get trapped in the loop where some cruel creature, some cruel person puts like a bowl of raisins outside the bathroom door. <laughs> and every time I open the bathroom door, I'm like, <gasps> well, you could avert just, your eyes. So you just not look at the right. Ra- so it's yeah. really, if I, if I, if you get tricked to looking, yeah, I mean, sure. Why not? Uh, or someone's like, you want these cookies and you think they're chocolate chips. You pick that up and you're like. I really got to go to the bathroom. Then you know that raisins and somebody cheaped out, you know, wouldn't buy the chocolate. Yeah, I'd say yeah. You would, nine, yeah. nine grand's a lot of money Yeah, for me That's true. at this point in time. I mean, it's three years sucks. You have a story for the rest of your life. Probably no one will believe you. Yeah, those you know. three years where I was under a voodoo spell, <laughs> raisins. Anyway. But I got mad stacks. <laughs> yeah, which I spent yeah. on raisins. <laughs> Stocks in raisins. Okay, so... Moving right along now to Bring Me Your Love by City and Color. I will read this one out. Bring Me Your Love is the second album by City and Color released February 12th. Is that Valentine's Day? No, that's 14th, isn't it? Yeah. 2008, according to Billboard, the album debuted at number 11 on the top of... On... On... Uh... The album debuted at number 11 of the Top Heat Seekers chart. There's just something about that sentence. It's just an awkward sentence. It's fine. In March 2008, the songs on this album are more folk-oriented with occasional harmonica, bass, drums, banjo, and mandolin. Yeah, of course they are. 
as opposed to the previous releases, which only consisted of acoustic guitar and piano. On February 8th, the complete album was made available for listening on City and Colors' <laughs> official MySpace profile. You think that's still active? Their first single, uh, Waiting Ellipses, was released on January 24th and was listed for nine weeks in the Canadian Hot 100. Uh, blah, blah. It was recorded in Hamilton. Uh, and City and Color, for those of you who don't know, is Dallas Green. Uh, and he was a St. Catharines-born musician. Read his full name, please. Dallas Michael John Albert Green. He has five names. That's three too many. That's four too many. He should just be known as Albert. Oh. Or Bert for short. Uh, he He's a Canadian singer-songwriter. He was also from the band... Alexis on fire. I was going to say Alex is on fire, and I thought that would be kind of funny. Yeah, I and I had absolutely no idea that he was in Alexis on fire until a couple hours ago. Anyway, so uh, like we said, we were told a lot. We were told we were often told to listen to this artist, and I think this album in particular. This is his best-selling album, I believe, and got very popular. Uh, weirdly enough, this is the most hyped album for us between the two of us, and I'm not sure why. Grant started making weird remarks about how excited he was for the show, so then I kind of just started laughing about it and making more weird remarks. I'm not really sure why. So we've really just been... It's been a hot soup of anticipation over here. It's a, more of a fixed you. Yes. Anyway. So... Shall I scoop into my own review? A little scoop. Okay. So, uh, the uh, as as that said, it's folk-oriented. Ed, Ed Chu, if you're listening to this, we're not playing music clips because when we record this, our parents have gone to bed, and uh, when our parents have gone to bed, they've unplugged the Wi-Fi. Jason, I know you have it downloaded on your phone. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. If you want to listen to City in Color, Bring Me Your Love, guess what? Look at the title. Go Google it. Listen to it. It'll take you three seconds. Is your life that hard? You're already on YouTube. Oh, my life is so hard. Okay, so it's very very folk-oriented, and I popped this on and started listening to it, and it immediately struck me as sounding slightly like my solo stuff. Uh, And... uh, a little bit. But in the sense of it's a modern folk-tinged singer-songwriter sound with very stripped-down bare instrumentals. Now, in terms of the meat of my review, I'll start with the positives, okay? Mm-hmm. So, the positives, this album sounds man-made. It sounds like there's a guy in a room with a couple microphones and a guitar and his friend uh, Albert, who plays the banjo, and they're and uh, they record a song, and I like that. I like the uh, minimal tracking. I like when somebody has the guts to make an album where like two songs have an actual drum kit on them. I enjoy that because I like that philosophy. I like the philosophy of you know what, a good song doesn't have to have thirty. 30 tracks, 40 tracks, 100 tracks. A good song can have two tracks or one track. Album. No, a good song. Oh, I see what you're saying. A good song doesn't have to have all these layers, these complex layers. Like we were talking in the last episode about Jamiroquai. That's the complete opposite end of the spectrum from this. Well, is it? Stylistically, we'll say. It's the complete opposite end of the spectrum from this album. Uh, Because, you know, a lot of songs just have guitar. And it's satisfying to hear that work as well as this does um the standout tracks for me were the girl uh which is a very fine folk song and uh the last song on the album which i can't remember the title of so i've written down the last one uh so anyway that's my positive side (laughs) okay on a water slide around here. <laughs> okay, Dallas Green, you schmuck. 
I was just Let struck. me get a cookie. I was just struck by... Okay, let me get one, too. I was wow. just struck while listening to this. Hang on. Chew, please. I was you, struck. you guys can wait while we chew. Okay. Are you done interrupting me? Are you done chewing? Is this your interview of me eating cookies while I do my interview? <laughs> Is this your interview? Who are you interviewing? I'm interviewing this album, Jason. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> I was struck while listening to this emo emo music not dead this is emo music I was like Ugh. it's just this dragging foot stomping jangly angsty BS how is it emo do you know how many times Dallas Green wants to die in this album? Because I do. You want to see my document? Here she yeah. comes. <laughs> this is a document entitled A List of All the Times Dallas, Dallas Wants to Die. <laughs> and here it is. Okay. Don't look at this. Let's go through the tracks. Okay. These are tracks. Can we please say these are seri- like actually from the lyrics? These are from the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, okay. Track number one. Forgive. Call. Forgive me. I'll cross my heart and hope to die. C- true. Track number two, Confessions. I got nothing for that. Track number three, The Death of Me. (laughs) Maybe then I could sleep all night. I wouldn't lie awake till the morning light. This is something that I'll never control. My nerves will be the death of me, I know. Number four, Body in a Box. (laughs) Literally all about dying. So please don't come to me on my dying day. Just let me go. That means die in peace with all these things I forgot to say racing through my mind. Number five, sleeping sickness. I awoke only to find my lungs empty and throughout the night it seems I'm not, so it seems I'm not breathing and now my dreams are nothing like blah, blah, blah. Number six, what makes a man? What makes a man pray when he's about to die? I think I know. (laughs) Number seven, waiting, ellipses. So say goodbye to love and hold your head high. There's no need to rush when we're all just waiting, waiting to die. Is he a meme lord? Number eight, constant knot. I just wrote down more angsty BS because that's all that song is. Number nine, against the grain. When the day seems lost from the start, you must follow your heart. Has nothing to do with dying, yeah. but it's terrible advice. Number ten, the girl, a decent bare bones folk song. I have not, I yeah. have nothing to say about that. Yeah. Number eleven, sensible heart. I wrote nothing down for that because yeah. it's not notable. Number twelve, as much as I ever could, lost at sea. My heartbeat is growing weak, and I was so glad that he Maybe didn't he let me. For that one. He didn't let me down on that last track. He referenced dying or death or being dead or wanting to die. Or Maybe he recovered. Oh, he just wants to die so bad. Why don't you just kill yourself? Oh, I don't know. I went to a bad place there. Maybe we can redact that. No, it's okay. fine. Um, so it's just parodically, ridiculously pouty. And it's just this whining voice going on and on going, Oh, I miss my girl. She loves me. And I went off to sea to die alone. And you're like, Dallas, can you shut up? You're a successful me... Ah, the, here's the thing with folk folk music good folk music and I listen to some I listen to it. I'm Wide Awake It's Morning by Bright Eyes who are a good folk band they're like we'll review them later that's one of the best albums ever anyway there are stories you tell stories the poetry and the power of folk music comes from stories and what do stories come from characters and what do you get when you don't have characters in a story not a story it's not a story there's nothing if you just take random poetic dying day and all this stuff and you just throw it in a mixing ball and you punch it all bunch with your acoustic guitar and you put on your cowrie shell necklace and sit around the guitar the, the guitar around the, sit guitar. Around the guitar yeah <laughs> sit around the campfire that's all you burning guitars and you're it's like okay. oh I'm sad because I don't know why I'm actually not sad I just wrote this as a song because I don't know and it's oh it's just vague unjustified poetry all throughout and there's just no I need to take off my shirt and there's just no connection to there's no justification there's no reason for any of what he's saying it's not believable there's no foundation it's all artifice and that's why I said it's not completely diametrically opposed from automaton because automaton not that's where, you're going where he compares a woman to candy crush is vacuous and empty, lyrically speaking. And so is this. There's no... There is no concrete... But... 
crucially, Automaton sounds fantastic. I have no truck with the sonic landscape of this album. But it's no Automaton. No, of course throwing it on and like... No, 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 no. But I, I have no problem with how this album sounds. It is Baby's first folk album. And when I listened to it, I thought of the band Thousand Foot Crutch. They were the first quote-unquote rock group that I ever got into. And if it wasn't for them... Well, I would have listened to something else, probably better. But if it wasn't for oh, excuse me, me discovering them, then you know I wouldn't have taken the path that I have in music. And I do appreciate them for being a stepping stone. I stepped on their heads and climbed up the rungs to David Bowie, you know, and Switchfoot. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's kind of what this feels like. You listen to this album, and then you go, "Oh wow, folk!" And then you find Bright Eyes, and they actually change your life. Now, if, if City and Color is, is an artist you love and this is an album you love, you're free to do that. It's not that great. It's not that great at all. And that's what really frustrated me was it's not that greatness. And it's like there's not, no part of it which I find repulsive or like overly enraging. It's just all it's I have written down here a very brown album. And it all, it's brown. It's brown and orange plaid. It's a brown log brown, cabin. Brown, brown, it's a brown, brown, brown forest. Brown. It's the brown car with a brown guy in a brown town. <laughs> I don't know. There's just... There's well, where a, did that go? <laughs> I don't know. But it's just... It's, I, it's just... It's like the same song rewritten so many different times. And there are no characters discernibly in the in this album that I connected with with the exception of the girl in which it's just him singing about how much his wife still loves him even when he tours like there's just it it's just it's disconnected the lyrics just it bothers me so much because they are so eh, you know and they're so yeah. unjustified and it just ugh, it's yeah. My document, I didn't try to do this. It's my whole, like, both my reviews, some notes I've been making throughout the show, is exactly 420 words long. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it, this album also, I have here, tries to be anemic, or, <laughs> it doesn't try to be anemic, but it is. Yeah, it, is. it tries to be heavy and anguished, it's anemic and mopey instead. And the, the, the word that would really describe this album, aside from brown, is mopey. It's so mopey, it's just... Oh, I'm dead because you killed me with your love. Ugh, I'm dead. You know, and it's like <sighs> the one th Dallas Green, the guy who's singing for the whole album, has a nice voice, a very nice voice. It reminds me of the guy from down, Mark Martell from down here, who sounds kind of like Freddie Mercury. It's a very strong, yeah. muscular, uh, nice tonal, nice tonally speaking, tenor voice. But he just he never pushes it. And folk music, which comes from blues music, is all about pushing it and it's about you know uh if you're if you're in a dark place if you're in a sad place then really sing as though you're in that place now like road to joy bright eyes like that's yeah one of my favorite yeah. bright eyes songs or or uh what's it called new song for song for new world order by bright eyes i don't know yeah they went wild oh that's uh old soul song old soul song uh it's just it's too much sticking to the melody there's just a little bit too much of a polished mentality in this album i think really? that's what i feel huh. there's too much of a polished mind a polished mind has made this and consciously gone okay how do i make a, an authentic album i know we get one microphone and we sit in the room i know we uh get rusty guitar strings uh, you know, I know we record at two a.m. No, sound like that that's not. At all. Uh, that's not how you make an album that's devoid of polish. How you make an album that's devoid of polish is you jump in with both feet, with your eyes closed, and you just <laughs> flail about until an album's born, until you you pour out your subconscious into the songs, and you know there you go. Now, I am slightly aware, and I am also aware that this my review is going pretty long, but I'm kind of aware of the hypocrisy of what I'm saying on a certain level, especially with how much I complained about all the references to death and dying, although they are 
everywhere. Um, I'm aware that probably if it was a better band and better songs on a better album, I would go, oh, it's a yeah, cool concept. That's what album. I was going to say. But it just doesn't feel like that. Like, the songs, especially lyrically, and folk music, it's a guy and a guitar. It's all about the lyrics. You better believe it. And it's all about the setting that they convey and the picture and the mood that they evoke. Like, you listen to Tangled Up in Blue by Bob Dylan. You go, what a song. What a mysterious, evocative tale he's wound up here. You listen to Dying Day by City and Color. You're like, okay, well, I feel slightly more suicidal now than I did before. And it's not entirely because of the lyrics. But mostly. Okay, are you finished? I guess. I, I, I did write down here, though, Parachutes is a better alternative if you want this kind of like low-key acoustic-y stuff. Parachutes by Coldplay. And I'm Wide Awake It's Morning by Bright Eyes is just a better folk-ish album in general. Go ahead. I was really worried that my review was going to come off as a little bit like irrational or something like that, but <laughs> now I think it'll be I came fine. in and exploded all over the room and so referenced Nazis You did explode all over the room. I hope you can clean it up after. So... Initially, I had heard of this band from a lot of people as well. It's um, really a band. Okay, artist. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and I had the the totally unfair impression, but for whatever reason I did, that was going to be total hipster trash, and I wanted to hate it so much. Just going, I was so excited to hate it. It's literally the opposite of hipster. You think so? Yeah. Oh, well, it depends on your definition. I think hipster is um, like Mac DeMarco, where you no. purposefully just do your own thing in such a brazen, intentional way that it becomes who you are. <laughs> I guess. So in that way that he's not. I'm going to call him a hipster for this review, though. So how I would classify the album is... If you mean... Suede jacket wearing yeah, yeah, fedora yeah. tipping. That's what I mean. Acoustic guitar slinging, bracelet wearing. I mean, cult- cultural hipster, not uh-huh. lifestyle hipster. Then yes, I think that this album had moments of enjoyment interspersed with strong irritation aimed at hipsters. <laughs> I would just get so irritated. That's the only, or that's the best word for it. Is I would just not angry or anything, just like annoyed. Um... I don't want to sound too spiteful. I actually didn't think the album was bad, and I would say I enjoyed it, but I think it's significantly flawed. And let me be clear. The album is fine, but that is my problem with it. It's so very, very fine. fine. And if he had just... And maybe he was, you know, a bit out of his depth uh, writing. Maybe that's, you know, not what he would normally do, but the writing is so weak. So, I think that tracks like Body in a Box or The Girl, which are also my two standout standouts, have a beautiful melody, which mm-hmm. I found to be yep. one of the strong points of the album. Very catchy. Um, which sort of masks his writing. But I also think that the writing is not bad, despite the fact that he's clearly... He's, he's either his, suicidal or he wants people to think he's he just suicidal. He a fetish of yeah. some sort. Um, but I didn't think his writing overall was bad. I think it could be a lot worse. It, I mean, he's not in Imagine Dragons, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> and I think... I think Dallas's voice suits his lyrics and his chosen genre really well. Like you said, I wish he would push himself a little bit more. Yeah. But I think his smooth voice goes really well with, you know, the... the the instrumentals and my my problem though is folk is not smooth. Folk is rough. It's ragged. I think a genre can be interpreted That's in true. a lot of different ways. That's true. I suppose. Um, so I don't think it's really fair to to pigeonhole it like that. But I think that folk is about a sort of raw, honest aspect. Oh, and although I don't think the album sounds overproduced, I think it sounds quite raw. He his vocal performance. It's just sedate. It's hard too because I have written down here. Is it? I think he showed genuine emotion. 
I think he showed real genuine emotion, but at the same time, he just it felt like he didn't push he just himself. Just time to let himself yeah, go. Totally. Just um, ignore the haters like us. Gord Downey's guest appearance was very good on Sleeping yeah. Sickness. Yeah. Um, I thought the instrumentation was too bland. We're getting into more negatives now. Yeah. Okay. On some some tracks like Body in a Box, there were some interesting things. Like we commented on that organ, um, which was very nice. But overall, it's like <laughs> the whole album is very nice. yeah. But it's like fine acoustic guitar. Like it's inoffensive. <clears throat> um, I put here it's uh, perfectly acceptable but uninspired. Like all of the instrumentation, except for a couple like the organ and stuff. Um, overall, I enjoyed the album. But, like I said, like some of his lyrics are good. Some of his lyrics, like some of the ones that we outlined, would just irritate me. Like, I I would give it like a sort of B plus. Like, if if it was a school, it, uh, I, I did that assignment. again. Yeah. If it was a student in school, it would be like you know you're okay, but not room really noteworthy in every way. For improvement, please yeah. see me. Um, but it was fine. I think the fact that you questioned the instrumentation and didn't like it says something about it as a folk album or a piece of folk art because the music in folk especially you listen to Woody Guthrie Bob Dylan these are just guys with guitars and they uh-huh. made 13 16 track albums just guys with guitars some of the most classic albums in music history that's because the music is needs to be just a platform for the story or the message. And when you have a flimsy message, people, you know... Yeah. I, that's my opinion, anyway. Huh. If you, you pick up on, hey, this is just a guy on a guitar playing just a G chord a lot, you know? Yeah. So, but I did, I did think, like, again, my standards are the girl and body in a box. Like, body in a box, I think is a good song. Like, that song... I thought was quite good, but then other tracks are like bad. It just wears on you after a while, man. Like yeah. I, I sat there a few times and listened to the whole album, and it, it just gets grating after. I a while. never, I legitimately did not once listen to the entire album. Really? Back huh. in one sit. Well, actually, I might have once accidentally, kind of <laughs> when it was left on in the background, but. It's just not that good. And like I said, Babby's first folk album, a lot of 14, 15-year-old girls will listen to this and think they're super hipster and sophisticated and, and that they you know, understand love and death. And they understand one of those things. And it's death. So, yeah. I feel like this, is a, this has been a pretty lively episode. Yep. I also got some really good ideas for future episodes that I wrote down. What do, what do we normally do at the end of these? I can't, like... We say what we're talking about next week. Oh, uh, next episode, we will be Two talking weeks. about... Well, next week. I know. Two yeah. weeks. I said next week. I mistake. know you did. I wasn't even going to give credence to that, but now you've drawn attention to the document it. open. Next. Next time on The Good Ship Brothership. We will be covering uh, the film Blade Runner, mm-hmm. which, if any of you know me, I love Blade Runner. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And the book it's, it's based on, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And this is a really interesting pairing because Blade Runner is open, like it's not like fan theory. Like Blade Runner is objectively based on the book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. But yet they're not one-to-one the same story. It's... Not, not even a. Li- it's it's partway between like a reimagining and a remake. Like, yeah, I've I've only just started the book, unfortunately, um, but it's it's completely different. So we'll yeah. kind of be uh, taking Blade Runner, which is obviously one of the classic films of all time. We'll be taking that and and androids and kind of comparing, contrasting, deconstructing, seeing what we liked. Uh, that maybe Blade Runner changed and what we preferred from the book. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be a ton of fun. It'll be kind of a themed episode, and we won't really have necessarily. I don't think the two uh, segments. Like I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited because it's kind of an experimental yeah. thing. 
Anyway. I might even skim over the book again before hand. Yep. Because it's pretty sweet. And because we haven't done this in a while, if you're still listening at this point, uh, type, I drive a Toyota RAV4 into the comments of this yeah, video. That's, that's fair. Even if you don't drive a Toyota RAV4, we still want you to type it. But it's and- not lying. It's not lying if it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we are putting in absolutely no effort to grow the size of this show. But with that said, remember to like, subscribe, share, and... Construct additional pylons. Yeah. The more pylons, the better. Pylons! 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 Pylons!